let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. On the radio from 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock, John and Ken on demand. On demand. And uh, it's podcast on the iHeart app, and you can listen to what you missed. Yeah, we'll have money. Another chance at money is coming up in about 15 minutes. Find out what the keyword is. Follow the instructions. You could win the money. Thank God we have Alex Michelson at Fox. I, I should follow him on Twitter because he tweeted out that Mayor Karen Bass is leading a delegation of L.A. City Council members for a series of meetings with federal officials in Washington, D.C. This video provided by the mayor's office shows them inside the White House's executive office building. So... It's a picture of them walking in the hallway. <laughs> She's there to beg for money, by the way. It's not exactly a big news story. I, I, he apparently tweeted it out, thought it was important enough that we know that uh, Mayor Bascon is in Washington, D.C., begging for money. But we will be talking about her in 30 minutes. We don't usually delve into inside politics, but this one might be interesting concerning Mayor Bascon uh, because we're going to be talking to a man who, well, until today, <laughs> was a commissioner. On uh, the L.A. Department of Transportation Commission. In fact, he was president and he just got fired, just got dumped by Mayor Bascon. And there's a couple of things that you ought to know about this story. Number one, they had just renewed him for another four years. Hmm. So why is he suddenly in a letter dated today being dumped? Well, Eric Eisenberg will join us after the news at 2.30 to talk about a couple of things that may have been a factor in the decision to tell him, we're going to replace you. See you later. Talk about that later on. All right. Right now, though, we're going to talk about people fighting back. 
against crime in the neighborhood. Often it's a jewelry store lately or it's a convenience store. Oh, I hope this trend continues. This time it was apparently a woman in her own home. Let's bring on Blake Trolley, KFI News, for details on this story. Blake. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, this is a very bizarre story, and I would imagine that the official record that we get from police could evolve. I've already actually seen it evolve just from covering it uh, this morning. But to recap, a woman says last night a man had tried to enter her home through the back door. And while early reports point to this possibly being a robbery or a burglary, it's beginning to sound like this may have actually been a homeless person, someone deranged, or maybe somebody actually injured. The LAPD says the woman told detectives the intruder was pushing on her back door and asking to be let in, apparently telling her that somebody had hurt him. The man has been described as in his 30s and again told this woman that somebody had hurt him and was asking to be let into her home. The woman says the guy reached into his pocket and that's when she feared for her life and shot him with a shotgun. The man was taken to a hospital last night in critical condition. We're waiting to hear more from detectives, guys, but I want to lay out some facts that could be helpful and trying to figure out exactly what happened here. Again, we do not have any confirmation as to what happened, but an important note here is just where this home is. This home is very far up the hill in the Hollywood Hills. You can pretty much see the Griffith Observatory at eye level from it. Uh, I was speaking with neighbors about this, just thinking about it to myself. It would seem very unlikely somebody would wind up these roads that far up into the hills to rob a house. It would be quite the mission back out. Also, this home, if you look at it, it backs up to open land in Griffith Park. So you kind of have this two-story home that's built into the side of the hill, as a lot of homes are in the Hollywood Hills. Above the home, the home has a gazebo. And beyond that, it's just trees and brush. And then that kind of connects to the greater Griffith Park. And there's hiking trails back there and just sort of open land. Uh, The home has a boarded up door on one of its decks. I'm told that's from a previous break-in attempt. That door was kicked in some time ago, and it sounds like there may have even been another attempted break-in on this home, and there's starting to be some speculation that it could just be people coming in kind of from the open part of Griffith Park down to this property. Uh, There was some video taken from the scene last night. Uh, It was appearing to show the homeowner being detained. We're told she has not been arrested, but uh, this neighbor says she fears the homeowner could face punishment uh, for shooting this person. She's experienced this before. People have tried to break into her house, and here she is again. And an older woman, somebody coming in her back door where there's nothing but park back there. There's That same girl or that same woman that I spoke with told me that homeless people and druggies, and she wasn't the only person to tell me this, by the way, uh, have been making their way into uh, this neighborhood. Coming I've from had the park. somebody try to go to the bathroom at my next door neighbor's house. I've been chased and followed. It's pretty terrifying because of all the encampments down in Hollywood and especially on Gower. So they definitely make their way up here. Gotcha. And you see them wandering in the neighborhood or? Yes, I've been followed walking my dog. Again, they've come up my driveway. I've definitely had some very scary experiences. Now, last night, before this guy broke in, neighbors are telling me that they were hearing him yelling. Or I shouldn't even say before, but when he got to the door, apparently it was so loud, him yelling. Neighbors almost, I don't know, a quarter mile away, pretty good distance where I had the news truck, were telling me that they were coming outside before the shooting, before the shot was fired, uh, because the guy was yelling. Well, he must have been so whacked loud. out on some crazy drug. Yeah, you, 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 you either walk that far from Griffith Park, or you're living out in the in the woods there. 
as a homeless person or you've walked all the way up from down below on Gower, who, who does that? What, what, what are the why would you go into a residential area unless you were out of your mind on drugs or you were looking to, to steal things? Yeah, and it sounds like that's an issue that they're dealing with there, John. I mean, from what people told me, one of the guys I had asked him, I said, are more people arming themselves up here? And he goes, you know, around here, people are not really pro-Second Amendment, which I thought was kind of an interesting comment. Uh, but here we have a homeowner that has bought a gun, oh, bought a shotgun. There, there's more people now owning guns who wouldn't admit to being pro-Second Amendment. Uh, because the, you know, once, once, once civilization breaks down and there's no protection from the government and the police... It's every man for himself. And it doesn't matter what your stupid political views are. Bad guy comes in, you better have a gun and you better smoke him. Yeah, I mean, a couple a couple notes here just about smoke what him. I was was able to gather about, you know, the neighborhood and about possibly about the homeowner's identity. I've not confirmed the homeowner's identity, but several neighbors told me uh, that this woman uh, is Hollywood connected. She's apparently some sort of well-known costume designer who has worked on a lot of major movies. Uh, anybody who's up in this neighborhood obviously has accomplished something, right? These homes are uh, pretty expensive. Uh, just down the street from the home, uh, there's just a lot of artsy, uh, very artsy homes in the area. I think right across the street, you just go up a little bit. One of the homes has a huge Charlie Chaplin uh, picture in the window. Uh, so it's a very eclectic neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, they're dealing yeah. now with uh, with homeless oh. people and, and druggies kind of well, coming into the neighborhood. The, the police aren't going to protect you up there. There's, there's no way that gets regular police presence, those kind of neighborhoods. She's well, had people try to break into a home before? It's Wow. Yeah, we're hearing of at least two attempted break-ins, and I just want to go to this. I mean, it, it is general sentiment, you know, with the neighbors that uh, this really has them uh, shaken up. It's scary. It, it feels a se it. I think it creates a sense of insecurity in the neighborhood that we're not safe, and I think many people are concerned that there's inadequate policing mm -hmm. um, throughout yeah. the city, perhaps not just here, but throughout the city. Yeah, well, uh, there's a sense that there is lawlessness here. And, okay. um, Who'd you vote for? It's a concern. I think it's a real concern. It's a concern. People. It's a concern. Bet you he voted for Garen Bass. Doesn't he sound like he voted for Garen Bass? <laughs> bet you he voted for a defund Gascon? the police councilman. Yeah, yeah. bet you he voted for Gascon, too. It's like, you're getting what you deserve, buddy. I shouldn't say that. I don't know who he voted for. You don't know but who I'm, he voted for. But I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people there. They voted for Gascon. They voted for Bass. They voted for whatever local uh, uh, dirtbag. Uh, who doesn't believe in police? I don't believe in bail, and you know I want to. I want to uh, abolish the prisons. It's like okay, have at it. There you go. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> this, is, this is life now, right? Yeah. So, oh, now you have a loaded gun. Why you have a loaded gun for? Sick of it. I'm sick of hearing them. All right, Blake. Thank you very much for that report. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank yes, you. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> All right, he hangs in there. It wasn't the directed at you. No, it's not. And uh, I collected some good sound there. That that poor guy was breathless, though, there at the end. He's like, ah, ah, it's a sense of lawlessness. You're not yes. safe. Yes. Well, when you dismantle well, the law infrastructure, you get lawlessness. Now I understand when I saw this story this morning, it said alleged home invasion robber is shot by homeowner. And well, he was coming for coffee? Just, just a vagrant trying to... <laughs> He was just trying to get help. He yeah. was hungry or he was uh, in medical need of these these precious journalistic protocols. Why an alleged home invasion robber? Because we don't know. He might have just wanted tea and crumpets. He, well, he's saying hello, right? Sure.
All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll update you on the story that was really big on this show uh, right before the whole Israel Hamas thing blew up. And that zero bailed in Los Angeles County. There are a few things to tell you. Then after 2.30, we're going to talk to a man until today was an L.A. City commissioner, but not anymore. He's been dumped and there's some questions being raised. Why Mayor Bascon let this guy go? He's going to talk about a couple of things that could have factored in that decision because he just got renewed for the position a few weeks ago. Kind of strange. It's a four-year position as a commissioner. Johnny Ken, KFIA. Oh, your chance at money is next. KFIA M640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFIA M640. Woohoo! maybe you'll never have to pay your taxes. The IRS has once again extended the deadline for Californians to file their federal income taxes. It's already moved a couple of times. Now it's moving into November. Today was supposed to be the day, but the IRS. Oh, made that a was uh, left over from uh, the the bad storms, right? The storms, yes, that's right. Because originally the date was April fifteenth, obviously, and uh, they pushed it uh, a few months, and then they pushed it to October. Now they're pushing it to November. Was oh, there something else? Is, was there another problem? No, they figure yeah, we don't need the money. <laughs> what does it matter? The thirty three trillion in debt. Eh. It's because, you know, how it works generally is people who know they're going to get refunds, they get their taxes right in there. But people who have to pay taxes probably, yeah, I'll you know wait what, until the deadline. You know what I heard today? Yeah. Is that we're spending more money now, interest on the debt every month, than we're spending on uh, the military. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something like two who, billion. Who are we paying this interest to? Two billion dollars <laughs> a day? The Chinese? That would... well, whoever buys a treasury bond. A lot of Chinese. I haven't bought a treasury bond. Oh, maybe it's in some of my investments. I haven't bought any directly. They're giving uh, some treasury bonds 5% is the interest now. Yeah, this is the thing now. With those interest rates up, uh, certain investments make more sense than they did a few years ago. Nice place to go if the stock market goes to hell. Uh, One of our big stories uh, in recent weeks has been zero bail in Los Angeles County. The quick update on the lawsuit that was filed by uh, more than a dozen Los Angeles County cities to reverse the policy includes Whittier, Downey, Beverly Hills, Arcadia, is that, well, it's been transferred to Orange County Superior Court and is still pending. Nice. Uh, This happened a couple of weeks ago, zero bail. And of course, it started with a lawsuit that came before a judge, one judge, who ruled in favor of the plaintiff about uh, zero bail being no good for poor people. Uh, apparently, law enforcement didn't show up to argue the other side. We're talking about the sheriff, the DA, right? The, and uh, the, yeah, the LA chief of police, police chief, Michael yeah. Moore, right? Yeah. So then, the entire Los Angeles County Superior Court basically said, "All right, we're going back. We're going to zero bail." They did do zero bail during the pandemic. And then uh, uh, the puppet Robert Luna comes out and denounces the decision, says it's making LA unsafe. Well, why didn't you show up in court? Yeah, to, to argue. argue with. The judge basically said, I got no choice. I don't have another side. Yeah. So uh, it was it was judged. It was almost like a default. Nobody well, contested seemed. the issue. We threw him in the dumpster anyway, the judge. But now, No, I know. But I mean, Luna, this is an example of, I, you know, I guess the pe- officials get away with this because the public is largely either stupid or distracted. But you could r- not show up on the day to fight this proposal, no bail. You're not there before the judge. Then the judge says, well, nobody's arguing against it. Okay, no bail. And then you come out and say, well, what the judge did is endangered the lives of everyone in L.A. County. I was like, shut up, Luna. 
You've been exposed. Well, Eric Sadal, the former vice president of the Association of Deputy DAs, he is a deputy DA in L.A. County, and he's running for the position of district attorney, uh, made a good point in this article we're looking at. If they arrest someone now, it's the equivalent of a parking ticket. And with an existing backlog of 13,000 felony cases that have yet to be filed by the L.A. County DA's office, defendants arrested for, quote, nonviolent and non-serious crimes like John's car theft will probably never appear before a judge. 13,000? Last time it was mentioned, it was 10,000 just a couple of months ago. 13,000? When you got Gascon in charge, it's probably on purpose. <laughs> Did Gascon mention that in his re-election speech? <laughs> that I have 13,000 felony cases yeah, that yet to be filed? That, that I, did anyone ask him about that? Basically what that means is police <laughs> have turned over what they believe to be a felony case to the DA's office, and it just sits there. I feel like I'm going insane. So he holds a, he holds a kickoff conference, a press conference for his... For re-ele- wage theft, yes. For, for, for re- re-election campaign. He goes off on a soliloquy for wage theft. Then he talks about low crime. Yes, and and none of the reporters said, why do you have 13,000 unprosecuted cases on your desk? Felonies. Yes, there would be felonies, right? Yeah, because to, to, yeah, to meet... <laughs> to meet the attention of a of a county district attorney, it's got to be a felony. If it's a misdemeanor, it would go to the city attorney. Right. Right. And, of course, uh, wow. the side that loves the new bail schedule, zero bail, is saying, though, well, it's not going to affect any of the crime rates. Yeah. And Eric Sadal brought up a good, you know, that's gaslighting. It's like you're putting more criminals on the streets. Yeah, you're going to have more crime. It's just the way it is. Aren't you tired of hearing this? Nothing causes crime, apparently. None of the actions they take, dumping prisoners out, defunding the police, closing the jails, no more juvenile detention, no more. It's magic, isn't it? None of it leads to crime. All the people, all the bad guys released, none of them ever do anything bad ever again. Wow, uh, that, that is magic, isn't it? The Yolo County DA's office had their own study that showed that 420 of 595 individuals released on zero, zero bail in that county were subsequently rearrested with 20% committing a violent well, of crime. Of course. That was their of study because they, they went to the pandemic zero bail okay. thing. The, most criminals are repeat criminals, which is why you do it. If you put, if you convicted a relatively small number of people, crime would drop sharply. That's why it dropped sharply in the 90s, because we started putting people away for long periods of time who were repeat criminals. That was the whole essence of three strikes. And the other thing I want to just mention, because it occurred to me last hour, we were talking about Gascon and he's arguing about the crime rates. It's almost impossible to believe them now. I go back to when Jerry Brown was governor. Remember AB 109, the prisoner dumping bill? Yeah. And that was their brilliant way of saying, all right, we're going to release these state prisoners, and they were felons, right, back into local jurisdictions that the counties have to take care of. If they commit some other kind of crime, well, you take care of it, right? We don't want it to count in the state crime statistics, right? Mm -hmm. You you deal with it. Do your flash incarceration of a crap you have to do. It's going to have to be really serious for us to consider taking them back to state prison if they violate their probation or parole. That's when I knew. That's the first time I knew, all right, they're trying to play with the numbers now. Yes, yeah, there's no honest count anymore of uh, the actual number of crimes committed. No honest count. And and that was by design in 2011, and it's reverberated to this day. Nobody knows how many crimes are committed. Those 13,000 cases on Gascon's desk, those are all crimes. 
but they're not counted as crimes. They might never be. And Eric Sadal makes the point that the police maybe sometimes don't bother because they know nothing's going to happen. Why? So Gascon actually holds a press conference saying that crimes are down when he has 13,000 of them unprosecuted on his desk. If he prosecuted them, wouldn't that jack up the crime rate significantly? They'd go on the books as real crimes. All right. Uh, we got more coming up. We're going to be talking to until Jeez. today. A man who was president of the Los Angeles Department of Transportation Commission. And uh, strangely enough, he just got renewed four years ago, dismissed today by Mayor Bascon. And uh, we're going to talk to him about the possible reasons for this. Why would somebody who just got renewed for a four-year term Uh. just a couple of weeks later be told, see ya? Uh, you'll find out. Believe me, one of the one of the well, both topics, but one is definitely relevant to the John and Ken show. John and Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere. iHeart Radio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over fifty years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Oh, I want to point out quickly that as of right now, the California Franchise Tax Board has not extended the deadline to November like the IRS did. So looks like you have to pay oh. your California tax. Oh, so the federal? Yeah, the uh, IRS gave uh. California another month. But so far, the California Franchise Tax Board, the state tax money, they didn't do that. Why do you need another month? <laughs> I, I mean, it's October. What have you been doing all year? I don't know why the, the delay. I don't know why they extended it again. It's strange. Uh, all right. So this may sound like inside politics, but there could be a good reason for talking about this. We're going to be talking now to a man until uh, today was on the Los Angeles Board of Transportation Commission. He was a commissioner. Uh, He just had gotten um, renewed for another four years just a few weeks ago. Are we talking about some form of retaliation? Uh, We actually have a copy of the letter from uh, 
Mayor Bassetti, Mayor Bascon, to Eric Eisenberg, who's going to be our guest, that uh, this letter is to inform you I'll be naming a new person your position on the board. Therefore, your appointment on the board will end effective as of the date on this letter, which is today. And uh, we're going to talk to Eric now, bring him on the show, and find out uh, why this suddenly happened. Eric, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're fine. So So you were just renewed just a few weeks ago for another four years. Absolutely. Well, what do you think happened? Well, presumably it's regarding the uh, Midville uh, development. Um, oh, Midville Pico, of, right, the homeless housing? Midville Pico. That property needed to have a CEQA exemption in order to move forward as a homeless housing village. Yeah, this, yeah we should explain to people who aren't familiar. We've covered it some. But uh, it's the corner of Midville this and Pico. This is Katie Aroslavsky's district. Right, and, right, and it's, it's, it's right near where the Westside Pavilion used to be, and it's a residential area, and they're setting up a, a homeless housing project that the neighborhood is crazy angry against. Yeah, it's about 30-some-odd people are being put in there, and the neighborhood has raised concerns. Including the audio we played a few weeks ago where they booed and yelled recall at Mayor Bass and uh, Katie Yaroslavsky. Okay, so that brings us up to date. So what you have is a a lot, an LADOT lot that's surrounded on three sides by homes and then Pico Boulevard on the front of it. It needed a CEQA exemption, which is an environmental exemption in order to move forward. So this had to come to the Department of Transportation to approve that exemption. And... Myself, I didn't feel comfortable approving it. You're talking about 30 little homes with sewage lines, with all sorts of things going on. And you're asking Department of Transportation commissioners to make a decision on that or or weigh in one way or the other. So all I simply did is said, look, we're not qualified for this. We need the Department of Engineering to come here and make a presentation to us and explain why this project qualifies for an exemption. And... um, we were in the process of scheduling another meeting to get the Department of Engineering there to come and explain it to us. Because as I said, at face value, to me, I don't see the exemption, but I'm not in, involved in the nuances of the law mm-hmm. as far as what does qualify with the emergency order and what doesn't. So we were going to get this presentation. And the next thing I know, by kicking the can down the road, I received a letter this morning releasing me of my duties. Now, was there somebody from Karen Bass's staff who was telling you that you shouldn't speak this way or something like that? No, no, there's nobody telling us how we should speak. I mean, somebody from the mayor's staff did come to the meeting and mention that the mayor's strongly in favor of this project and urged us to vote in favor of it. I realize I'm not just king of the kingdom. We have other commissioners there. They could have overridden me and said, hey, we want to. We want to hear this now, and we want to vote for it. Well, no, it was unanimous. The commission to vote, voted on my cue to um, get a presentation from the Department of Engineering. This hardly sounds controversial, uh, but but to, you're, are you and you were but you were president of the commission. Yes, I've been president of the commission for most of about eight out of ten years. Sounds oh. like they chopped your head off. Then I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay, so but but, it, it, but I, what I don't understand is all all you're doing is asking for a presentation. Because you want to make sure that, you know, that's going to delay it, though, John. (laughs) And this is an emergency. Well, Well, it not only delays it, but it means that I'm not willing to rubber stamp it. You know, we have a community there and the community's been 
at our meetings repeatedly. And um, not only has we have merchants coming that rely on the parking, but we also have people with young children. We have elderly. We have all sorts of folks that live in that community. Now, totally aside from that, as I said, in my mind, I'm thinking about 30 houses with temporary sewer lines and the trash associated with that. It seems to me that something like that would require an environmental review. And then on the other flip side of this, this wasn't going to be a three-year project. This was a 10-year approval they were asking for. Oh, 10 years. I wasn't going to... I didn't feel comfortable that I'm qualified to put that community in jeopardy for the next 10 years without having more information. Wow. I mean, they really don't care what the public thinks. They're just going to bulldoze this through and it's going to be 10 years and uh, don't even tell me, talk to me. Usually they care about environmental issues to the point where nothing can be built, right? But in this case, uh, homeless housing. When it comes to the homeless, the environmental issues are out the door. I mean, look what happened at uh, Bayona Wetlands. All these right. I fully understand that we need housing. We need emergency housing, but we have to be sensitive to where we're putting our housing and where we're putting temporary housing and what we're calling temporary housing. I don't call right. a 10-year project temporary housing. Well, usually anything in government you know, takes uh, quite a while uh, to get accomplished, and in part it's because of you know, all the meetings and hearings and you know, different waivers that you have to get to facilitate these matters. And it, it, it blocks a lot of projects, whether they're good or bad. I, I'm surprised that they wanted to throw all the roadblocks out the window for this thing. Yeah, it is surprising. And the, and the, bigger, the biggest surprise about it was the 10-year. Most of these things, the bridge homes and everything else, they're dealing with an emergency housing crisis, a homeless crisis. They're talking about one to three years. This is the first one that's come to us for 10 years. Now, and how do you tell a community that you're going to put 30 little homes in a residential district primarily, and you're going to give them a 10-year time frame on this, and you're not going to do an environmental survey? I mean, what does it really cost to, to take the time to do the environmental survey? And I wasn't even demanding the survey. I just wanted information to know that this qualified for an exemption. Were they also wow. upset with anything else? We, uh, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, if they were if they were upset over any of, of what I've been doing, they wouldn't have renewed me less than 30 days ago. For four years, right? Yeah, for four more years. I mean, I got the thank you letter for serving, you know, uh, please uh, agree to serve or be on the board for another four years. So obviously, prior to the Midvale project, they must have enjoyed what I was doing. They obviously they don't give you any reason. They just sent me the letter saying so, that I'm released of my duties so as of today. Nobody, nobody calls you quietly and even in, in advance and says, hey, Eric, it's not a good idea to oppose this or delay this. You know, Karen Bass is, is crazy about getting this pushed through as quickly as possible, so you better stand down. Anybody give you a heads up in that way? Not that you listen to them, but I just no. wondered if they did. Nobody gave me a private phone call, but I'm not stupid. I knew the mayor was in favor of it. We, the mayor's staff came and spoke and said that the mayor's in favor of it, but I'm sorry. My integrity means more than my volunteer position. And you know, they didn't I have remove a duty. it? I have a duty to the people that I'm representing as a commissioner. So, yeah, it's fun to be a commissioner, but it's not that much fun that I'm going to sell out my community. Now, they did not remove any other commissioners who voted the way you did? Um, not that I know of. I haven't been in communication with the other commissioners. To tell you the truth, my phone's been burning up all day. Somehow it's gotten out to everybody. Well, it, it, it's terribly wrong. 
And uh, yeah. this this is wrong. It for sounds the very retaliatory. Yes. Yeah, people are very angry about this, and they and and they're right. They're right to be angry about it, and you are right to want to have uh, a, a presentation about the environmental waiver. And you are talking about sewage, and because we've seen what happens when they you know when they allow RVs to be parked all over the place, what happens to the sewage and what it does to the environment. So of course you'd ask about that. That's your job. And I wasn't kicking the can down six months from now. The special meeting would be on the 18th. So the special meeting would be in two days. So oh, somebody wanted me gone before the special meeting. Right. All right, Eric, we appreciate you talking to us today. We're sorry about this happening to you. Oh, no worries. You know, I mean. No, thank like you for I going. Said, I, 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 my integrity counts more than my volunteer position as a commissioner. So. All right. Well, thank All you right, for going guys, public with day. it. Yeah, because All people right, yes, need Eric to know. Eisenberg, who was part of the Los Angeles Department of Transportation Commission until he got a letter t- today from Karen Bass that he's out, and he thinks it has a lot to do with his uh, questioning the Midvale Pico Homeless Housing Project in Katie Yaroslavsky's district, which he said maybe you ought to take a closer look at the environmental impacts. And that uh, apparently was too much, it looks like, for the mayor's office. Okay. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Oh, coming up after 3 o'clock, there's a lot of online chatter. There could be some attacks, even in this country, coming out of what's going on between Israel and Hamas. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, will come on and talk about more details about this. And also next hour, oh, my God, we'll go back to the Trump administration. But the Biden administration has caved and made a deal with the families that were, quote, separated at the border. Where do you hear what a giveaway this is? Uh, One of the things that annoys me, not a lot, but if you go into a Starbucks or uh, a lot of uh, restaurants, food, uh, pumpkin is freaking everywhere. I hate pumpkin. I'm not a big fan. (laughs) Pumpkin pie is okay, But... The Washington Post (laughs) wanted people to know that there is a horrible, violent history behind the tradition of pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice is racist. If you use pumpkin spice in any way, any kind of food, any kind of flavoring, seasoning, you're a racist. The Dutch invaded in 1621... The Banda Islands, located in modern-day Indonesia, thousands were killed, others enslaved. Many fled to the mountains, were starved out. The Dutch. What was it for? It was to get some nutmeg, huh? The Dutch. Yeah, it was they, the, they, yeah. They, they they don't seem like vicious people. The the, the Dutch did their exploring too. Yeah, know. yeah. Not like other countries of Europe. But. The uh, the Dutch company uh, behind this was accused of carrying out. Uh, the first instance of corporate genocide for nutmeg. Not, and nutmeg is the key, one of the three key spices in pumpkin spice, nutmeg. Um, yeah. The professor also told the Washington Post, a lot of commodities have terrible history, sugar, tobacco, but nutmeg, mm. now used in pumpkin spice, has the most compressed, terrible history Thousands were killed. Thousands were killed. So but, think about that next time you get your little pumpkin spice latte at uh, in, Starbucks. In 1621. And over 400 years and later. Yeah, well, you want to feel guilty. 400 years later, the Washington Post wants you, make, wants, you to make, wants you to feel guilty if you put pumpkin spice in your pumpkin pie. Especially if you have any Dutch heritage. Then you really ought to pause. Your 
pumpkin spice latte. Racist. Good thing I'm not Dutch. It's <laughs> Oh, you like pumpkin spice in your... I like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin spice, like all the drinks and stuff. No, but I like pumpkin yeah, pie a lot. Well, well, we're all racists. Uh, the nutmeg was grown through means of violence. Amboynia was famous for cloves. This is part of Indonesia. And to fight the, the to control the clove trade was bloody and dramatic as the Whoa. battles for nutmeg. And then well, Netherlands and England almost fought over the cloves in the early 17th century. And then cinnamon. I guess that's the thing. Once these explorers went out and they found stuff they'd never seen before in Europe, and they realized mm, it's good, it could work. Well, I guess it did become an ugly. Well, yeah, because because the British foods were so bland and boring. <laughs> wait, wait, you're telling me there was almost a war over nutmeg. Uh, yeah, uh, cloves. <laughs> this was cloves. So, uh, yeah, there was a bloody invasion over nutmeg. Netherlands and England were about to fight over cloves. <laughs> okay, is quite funny to me. Listen. Cinnamon, mostly found in Sri Lanka, was under the control of colonizers from the Portuguese, the Dutch, and the British. Right? Look yep. at that. The European explorers wanted to bypass the middlemen and create monopolies over the spices. And this man is a food historian that they talk to. That's a good job. <laughs> a food historian. If now listen, listen to this food historian. He said, he said, it's true, if we didn't consume food that hadn't been touched by slavery and indigenous displacement, we wouldn't be eating a lot of food. Mm. But whatever foods enter pop culture the way pumpkin spice has, it's important to acknowledge how it reached us. Yeah, he says, you're getting stuff from all over the world and repackaging it for wealthy consumers without acknowledging the history of the ingredients. It's apparently... <laughs> Not happy. Well, you better you better remember this uh, when you eat your pumpkin pie over Thanksgiving, and acknowledge all the bloodshed over all the right. nutmeg, nutmeg, and the cloves. My mother used to have the little spice rack, a little bottle of nutmeg all the sure. time. Sure, I looked at that all those years. I didn't say wait. Mom's racist. People died. Mom's racist spice rack. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about uh, what's going on online, chatter, possible uh, attacks uh, coming out of the whole Israel-Hamas thing. Uh, some people in the intelligence community are a little bit nervous about stuff that could happen. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640 Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark is off. We've got Sandy Wells in the KFI 24-Hour Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long. Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.